0: Hey, this morning we're talking about the fact that we have no idea, we have no idea who God is and the power of God. Back in 1979, Rosemary and I were speaking in Jacksonville, and I was talking about single parents, and, uh, sing- and uh, the guy who put this convention together walked me to my car, and he said you need, to me, you need to put that in a book. And I'm starting to laugh. Um, because in a graduating class of 1200, I was number 588, uh, writing books, and didn't get out of high school until 19. So writing books is probably not going to ever happen. And Rosemary's listening, and we're driving back from Jacksonville, and she reaches into her briefcase and pulls out a legal pad, and she says, just give me 20 like chapter titles or 20 topics that you would if you were going to write a book. Rosemary, I'm not going to write a book. Just give me 20. So. I gave her 20, we came back, I handed it to my secretary at that time was Lillian, and Lillian typed it up, and I left these two pages of basically of chapter titles uh, on the corner of my desk, and that summer uh, we, had, we hired three interns from Wheaton College to come in and help us with the summer. And uh, one of them was a guy named Tim Bonarchuk, and Tim at the end of the summer said, can I have a copy of that? And I said, you can have the whole thing. He said, no, I just want a copy. And he took the copy of the outline that had been on the corner of my desk, And I get a call about a month later. uh, And the guy says, my name is Dr. Wendell Hawley. I'm editor in chief of Tyndall House Publishers. I want to talk to you about your book. Well, I thought it was one of my friends messing with me. So I was so unbelievably rude to this man. And he he says, wow, you must have some fun friends. He said, I'm going to write you a letter on my letterhead. And And I think, yeah, right. Send it. So I get a letter from Tyndall House Publishers. And I call him back. And I said, I am so sorry. He said, no, in all my years, I've never had anybody handle me like that. He said, we, we, we've been talking about it since then. He said, so uh, let me talk to you about the book. I said, Dr. Holly, let me be honest with you. I have no clue how to write a book. I don't know how to write a book. He said, just write a chapter and send it to me. I said, I'll write a chapter. I'll write a chapter. I wrote him a chapter, and he calls and says, I would, if I were you, I would change a couple of these things. Now, next chapter. He said, You got 20 chapter headings on your thing. Next chapter, next chapter. I said, How did you hear about me? He said, Well, Tim Bernarchuk goes to Wheaton College, as you know, but he was making some money on the weekends building a deck on the back of my house and came one time. So basically, Tim Bernarchuk is your agent and came and, and handed us that. So I finished the 20, and honestly, I didn't think it ever, not a chance. The book comes out, which freaked me out, in November. And I started going and setting up little t- tables and doing conferences. And the month of November, I made $500 uh, selling the book. And Dr. Hawley calls back. And the author's price is 50%. Uh, so if the book is a $10 book, the author can buy it for, for $5. He calls me back and says, I want to encourage you to do something. I want to encourage you to let Sheridan House sell the book, not you, and let Sheridan House make that money, not you. And if you do that, we will give it to you, give it to Sheridan House for a dollar a book, 90% off. So I said, well, let me think about it. I mean, $500 was a lot of money to me. And so I, I called him back and I said, OK, let's do that. We'll do that. And it, so that, that year, I think it's 1981. That year, uh, Sharon to is selling the book. And in February, two guys pick it up and start talking about it. One was James Dobson, and the other was Chuck Swindoll. And it goes wacko out there. Can I say today that book is in uh, 11th printing in nine languages. And Sheridan House, with all the books, has made over a million dollars. Never would have happened without the power of him. You have no idea what he can do in your life with you. No idea. But sometimes we stay safe. We stay safe financially and hold on too tight. We stay safe in speaking up. We stay safe in going places. This whole picture here is a picture of you have no idea what you have. So three or four b- books in, into it, I've, I've written 11, three or four books into it, um, I'm speaking at a conference and I'm in, having lunch with the other two speakers and they were both writers, and they were asking me, what, what program, what, what word processing program do you use? Uh, I said, what do you use? And one of them said WordStar, and the other one said WordPerfect, and I said LegalPad. <laughs> <laughs> I use LegalPad and I take it to Lillian and she types it up. And so they are talking to me, it's so much easier. It's just so much better for you. And I said, yeah, 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 like we're ever going to be able to afford computers. So I'm meeting with a couple, and I've met with them two or three times. And I said to this uh, guy as he's walking out, I said, where do, you, wh- where do you work, what do you do? And he said, I work for NCR. I'm the head guy of NCR uh, down here. And he said, and I, NCR made computers back then. And I said, and I noticed, he said, I noticed when I walked in, your secretary didn't have a computer. You don't have a computer. I said, no, well, I, I, no, we don't. So next week, a computer arrives for and a computer arrives for me, and in the goodness of God, a 20-something intern arrives uh, to sit with us and teach us each how to actually turn them on and do something with these computers. It was a game changer. You have no idea. You have no idea who he is. I'm convinced when we get to heaven and, and we meet these people, when we meet these people that we thought were so, it's just because they trusted God. They were regular Normal people like us. The passage of Scripture we're looking at today, and Paul's turn definitely turning a corner as we head into chapter 3. And somebody asked, will we ever be done with Colossians? Yes. Mid-May, we'll be done with Colossians. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. At God's right hand. I guess for me, one of the cool things in there new life with Christ. There's so much in this verse, but new life with Christ, with Christ. You're not alone. And the evil one wants to make you feel like you're alone. And does anybody know what I'm dealing with or what I need right now? You're not alone. You're not alone. Yeah, one of the most evil attacks from Satan is to try to make you feel alone. When you acknowledge Christ as your Savior, you are no longer alone. You're no longer alone, period, end of story. You're no longer alone. He's got you. You're no longer alone in this world. And one of the saddest things about this whole virus thing is how people feel so alone in their homes, especially older females, feeling feel alone, just feeling alone and, and afraid to go out but feel just, yeah, and now we're looking at young children, especially female, young elementary school little girls, missing their friends and missing playing with their friends and you are not alone. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor, in God's right hand. Yeah, we can feel very, very alone if we fixate on the wrong things, the media, what's going on, horrible shooting. We can we can feel alone as we watch that. And Am I going to be okay? And should I get new locks on the doors? And how many more weapons should I get? You're not alone. You never have too many weapons. <laughs> <laughs> This is kind of a rowdy crowd here today. Wow. So if you're looking for a great read, it's called Heavenly Man. And Heavenly Man is a story of a pastor, true story, man, a pastor in China. And he's in China, and uh, they're trying to make him, force him, set him to renounce his faith. They put him in prison, and they torture him every day. And they torture him every day, and he's in this cell, I'm picturing it, and it ha- had some kind of a walkway up top where they could look down on him. And he'd come back from being tortured. And he'd do a little dance. I mean, they're peeling skin off his body. Do a, they do a, he'd do a little dance, praising God that he gets to suffer for Christ. Wow. And then at some point, the warden uh, develops some kind of disease. And the warden is dying. And he calls for heavenly man. And heavenly man comes up and he said, would you pray for me? He prays over the warden. The warden gets healed. And the warden gets him out of China. And he's in America today. But his attitude was, I trust you with this. I trust you with this, with what I'm going through. I absolutely, absolutely trust you because I I, I, I want to learn how to utilize the reality that Christ the Creator is in me every moment. In me every moment, yeah. I need to live each day like I know Christ is with me because he is, he is with me. There's another phrase in that verse. Since you have been raised, since you have been ra- I've been raised out of the mud that I was in out of the mud that I was in i've been, I'm, I'm out of the mud now I've been raised I've been raised I've been raised out of the, out of the mud of the things that go through my brain, the muck so I, all of a sudden out of the mud of this world wow wow, I have a connection I have a connection our, our, our Cabin in the mountains is so remote, we had no connection for a long, 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 long time. Um, And it's on the side of nowhere, a mountain. And um, finally they came and connected me. And it was so different to be able to send things back to Sheridan House and do Bible studies and send them rather than bring them all on my computer. I have a connection. You have a connection now. You have a connection. And, and the whole deal is, I need to learn how to use that connection. I've been rescued. Prior to being rescued by Christ, I was not in control of myself. I was buried, controlled by my sinful desires, and didn't know it. Yeah. The funny thing is, you get a sense that you're in control. No, 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 Bob. I control me. I, I, I'm, and and where Western culture male is taught to be self-sufficient, you're not. You're absolutely not. Can I just say, Charlie, good day yesterday, goes home and finds out his wife's really, 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 really sick, rushes her to the emergency room and really sicker than he thought. Yeah, I mean, wow, you guys, and you guys, this past weekend, you went hunting, right? And shot things, right? Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was great. It was great. And then come home and find, wow, you are not in control. He's in control. Since you have been raised, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Yeah, I've been raised out of slavery. The interesting thing for me is the the person God chose to write this, Paul, Pharisee of Pharisees. Paul, the one who was hunting down Christians, the one who supervised the stoning and killing of Stephen. Paul, Paul, and then all of a sudden, He said, no, I I was in the mud. I was in the mud. It was a disaster. I was controlled by Satan. Yeah, this whole thing called born again. Born again means starting all over like a newborn. I will need help learning how to walk. You know, Rosemary led me to Christ. Then she gave me a Bible. And um, the first Bible she gave me was a King James Bible. uh, Kill me now. That was so hard to read for me. And then she found me a Modern Translation. I think it was Good News, was there, it was Good yeah, News for Modern Man? That, yes, thank you. You finally helped me one time, thank you. <laughs> good News for Modern Man, very, very, very easy read. And, uh, and then she said, you gotta do this every day. And so I'm lying down in bed at night, starting to fall asleep, reading my Bible, never making it through a chapter. And I said, this is so hard. She said, "Because you give it your worst time? Give it, you're a morning person. Give it your best time. Act like it's important, because it is. Yeah, it was amazing. So I, I've got to learn how to do this walk. I do have some help. And, and part of the help is the Holy Spirit in me. And if when we're in heaven, when Jesus puts on the marquee out in front of the, the big cathedral, uh, explaining the Holy Spirit, I'll be there every service. It'll take a thousand years. I don't know how the Holy Spirit works in me. Um, but the Holy Spirit is in me and the Holy Spirit is whispering Bob, don't look at that walking by don't look at that stop Bob, would you look at that walking by if your wife was standing next to you stop don't, don't, and Bob Bob, your anger anger son, stop the Holy Spirit in me but the Holy Spirit plucks this as I take it in, as I take it in, as I read it, and as I ask Jesus, okay, help me with this. I have my verses for the day, and then there's another step in this, and this is why this is so important, and this is why, can I say, your church is so important. It's the people of God to help me. It's the people of God that I can go and say, "Um, help me with this. I don't understand this. Do you understand this? To help me. It's so important to be with other people and have these discussions. I, uh, when I came to work at Sheridan House, uh, before I came to work, one of the absolute requirements, there were only three employees then, and all three were required to be um, members of Sheridan Hills Baptist Church. And honestly, I'd never been in a Baptist church. Uh, we were going to Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. And so I didn't know what Baptists do, but I'd heard. Uh, when you grow up in the North, you hear weird things about the church in the South. And on and on and on and so I said to Rosemary we're going to go and and, uh, look at it. And she, you know, Rosemary had been to all churches. So I go to Sheridan Hills and it it was it was awesome. He was probably the great They didn't have snakes? They didn't have snakes, but the praise and worship leader had a white belt and white shoes on, which weirded me out completely. Um, But we're we're there and, um, you know, that is something that occurred to me. I can't believe you brought that back to my mind. And I realized, wow, this is great. This is great. And their mission statement, three-point mission statement, win the lost, disciple the one, care for the fellowship. Win the lost, and once you've won the lost, disciple them. Don't just... And then care for the fellowship. Care for the widows. Care for the fellowship. Yeah. Colossians 3.2 says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. I don't know that there's a time in my life that this has ever been a more important thought. Thinking about this. You know, I stayed off the media completely, I'm done. And then I get, a, I get a phone call from a friend who's in law enforcement, and he tells me about the shooting of the FBI agents and everything that was going on. And I just, I was in my car, I was like, wow. And, and it gets in there. But greater is he, greater is he. Think, think, well, Bob, what are you thinking about? When you pull out of here, what do you think about? When you drive around, what do you think about? Be careful what you think about. It'll it'll absolutely take you down. Yeah, what am I fixating on? Yeah. One of the purposes of the church is to teach us how to walk. Teach us how to do it. How to fixate. How to think about these things. How to do it. That's one of the jobs of the church. Yeah. But my job... Just to focus on today, this is the day the Lord has made. So I worked on my, I, I think I set a record at FAU for my doctorate. I worked on my doctorate from 1974 to 1994. I uh, set a record for most amount of time it took anybody to get a doctorate. And I kept asking my major advisor, how much longer? He said, well, you're taking five hours a semester, just focus on this semester. But how much could you just give me so I could start checking? No, I'm not going to do that. And I, I think the good thing about him telling me that is if I knew it would take from 74 to 94, nah. Driving up to Boca for five hours, one night a week, nah. Focus on today rather than asking God, how much longer? Focus on today. Focus on today, period, end of story. Why is that hard? Any thoughts on that? Why is it hard for me not to be have my mind way out there or my mind polluted or, and just... This is the day the Lord's made. Why? What? What's? Why is that hard? We want to know the end. Control. I'm sorry. I'm deaf. Remember? Control the end. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think we're trained, especially as men, as to make all these plans for out there and make sure. It's, and really, he's so got this. He's so got this. And, we're, and to worry about our finances and, and you get in your brain, if I just had this much in, in, in my savings um, or, and all of a sudden, you get whatever your number is and, and well, this much. And, and the number keeps going up and going up and, yeah. I need, I need to constantly remind myself of my ultimate retirement, heaven. A reality forever. So I made the mistake of reading, and this is another great read, Randy Alcorn's book on called Heaven. Oh, it's a great read. He breaks it out for you, it's just called Heaven. Randy Alcorn is amazing, he's a, he's a great writer. He was a pastor, I believe, in Wisconsin, and uh, was supporting a uh, pro-life uh, clinic, uh, and uh, uh, got arrested, and something happened where he couldn't be a pastor anymore, so he started, which is wonderful. One of the greatest Christian writers out there. So Rosemary and I were reading it and I I said to her, read that sentence again. And I said, what does that mean? And she said, it means we won't be married in heaven. I said, I don't agree with that. One flesh, one flesh. What God has put together that no man put us under, one flesh, one flesh. She said, Bob, we won't be married in heaven. I need to constantly remind myself of my ultimate retirement. Heaven, a reality forever, for me, this is so Rosemary's aunt and uncle, who Ari the III, who was a missionary in Korea all his life. They went over, opened up an orphanage in, in South Korea, and then they uh, opened up a th- place called Jesus Abbey. People from all over the world just to go and retreat and pray, um, and didn't come back. They actually own, she inherited, she came from a very wealthy family, a home in Williamsburg with five fireplaces. They never lived there, I did. I went and spent a week one year, and I thought, oh my goodness, I've never been any place like this, and they're not coming on. And I realized they knew they were going to get a bigger place in heaven. Why? This is short. This is short here. This is short. Heaven is forever and ever and ever. Amen. And yes, Rosemary, you will be married to me. Forever. Yeah. A reality. <laughs> Romans 8, 16. For his spirit joins with, this is the Holy Spirit, his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Do I know how that works? No. But I don't know how this works. How does this find me? And In fact, I got to think when Jesus Jesus was doing creation and he turned to the angels and he said 5,000 years from now they're going to be able to talk to each other all over this earth with a little box thing because I'm going to create an atmosphere that's conducive to that. I don't know how that works but I use it. I don't know how the spirit of Jesus joins with my spirit, for his spirit joins with our spirit. Yeah, John 14, 18. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. John 14, 26. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. So how do I get that? This. This and not just check it off, okay, I read it today. Can't remember what I read, but I read it today. I I gotta want it. You know, it's like, and it's so interesting to me. It is so much like marriage. I I married Rosemary, because she's gorgeous, uh, homecoming court at our university, and I married her, uh, and Shapely, so I married her, and then after we get married, um, she starts saying things. Tonight, could we not watch a game? Could we just sit down and talk? Really. I mean, I didn't say that because I didn't want to sleep on the couch, but I remember thinking, about what? Can you give me the questions so I can get prepared? And the whole word tonight means anywhere between 15 minutes and 4 hours. Help help me. Could we have some limitations here? And watching uh, God use her beauty to make me realize, okay, I I really do need to talk and listen. Um, So I'm talking and listening and realizing this is good. And I honestly believe in when God describes marriage, He says, and He says the man and, the man and his wife are both naked and not ashamed. I don't think that's a reference to physical nakedness. I think that's a reference to me who never had anybody I was close to that I can just share naked. I can just share what I'm afraid of. What, what, I, what if this doesn't work? How, and just have somebody who knows me. And I think that's also why God had you marry your opposite. Because I spent 10 years thinking he had me marry my opposite to punish me for what I did in high school. Mm-hmm. How is how is this working here? We're, how could we be so incredibly different? But the two will become one. The two will become one. Two different people becoming one. But Bob, I did that for you to teach you the value of intimacy. Now do that with me, son. Read it. Meditate on it. Write one of the verses down. Take it with you. Whatever is right for you. Read it. And just, because I want this, Lord. Yeah. Acts 1.1. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.32. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted in the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit, to pour out upon us just as you see and hear today he's in you and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world the ugly in the world he's in you the job is number one for my peace and my growth i want to spend more time and it's so cool lord you wrote it out i don't have to say it. i'm sorry i don't understand would you say that again you wrote it out and then not only did you write it out, you did it in so many different kinds of translations that we can, okay, what, is the, what, is, what does the NIV say about that, that verse? What does the English Standard Version say about that? What is, you wrote it out. But not just for me. Because you know the plans you have for me. Each one of us, there's something special to, be, to do. Even today, to be a blessing in somebody's life. Just the, the right encouraging word in somebody's life. So it's not just for us, but you got something special for me. I got to be a part of that? you kidding me? That's amazing. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Jesus saves you. He did all the work to be your Savior, but you are the one who has to make him your Lord. He is the Lord, but is he your Lord? Is Jesus the Lord of your daily life, of your daily thoughts, of your daily words? Of your daily ser- foot washing, serving the people around you, serving the people around you. I will never forget after one of the um, toy stores, and it was time to put toys back in the big truck and, and take them to the back. And uh, one of the single moms uh, that we've worked with forever, I love this lady, she's a bailiff. And I said, uh, she came up to me and I said, Can I ask you a question? She said, Is that Judge Alamon? putting toys back in the truck. And I said, yeah, Cheryl Lallemont's here all the time. Just schlubbing things. She's from Michigan. I tried to stop her. Can I give you a different job? No, let me do this. I need to do this. I spend all day, all my days in court, I need, to, I need to be doing this. And that bailiff just was there, tears coming down her face. Serving. Served to the point that people are absolutely, totally shocked. Yeah, it's my responsibility. To pursue an ongoing deeper relationship with God then through the Holy Spirit God will reveal to me the things he wants me to know and do to know and do find a best time to develop your relationship with God and like marriage it's better to listen than to do all the talking it's better what am I I hear what I what, what is this for me Lord and then, Lord, as I walk out, I don't want to walk out like those pious religious guys walking past the guy on the side of the road. I want to be the Samaritan. I want to be looking who, what, what can I do today for your glory. And, I, and he won't waste your day. He won't waste your day. And as you do it, then you see bigger things. And Wow, Lord, how did you do that? I've told this story before. Um, but when I was a uh, member of Coleridge, and it was, it was when Coleridge was on Commercial Boulevard, and there were only about 250 people in church, and Dr. Kennedy would see me going in and out, and he said, I never see you for evangelism explosion training. Are you going to come? And I didn't know how to say no, and so I took evangelism explosion, and it's a 13-week course, and I knew that they wouldn't make us go out and share the gospel till the end of the course. I was wrong. Uh, the, the second week... Uh, our our trainer took two of us out, uh, uh, Rosemary was with another group, took two of us out to share the gospel, and we get to this house, and uh, they let us in, and he did the worst job on the planet. It was a horrible presentation. I mean, I'm a Christian, and couldn't find Christ in the middle of that presentation. And asked the guy the diagnostic question in in Evangelism's does this make sense to you? And I'm thinking, dude, don't ask that question. And the guy and his wife pray to receive Christ. God wants to stretch you so you can see his power. And you know that there's only one thing you can possibly do to please God. It's in Hebrews 11. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That means trust him past your abilities. Trust him past your, your wealth. Trust him past. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Please him by trusting him.